0: Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. Please take a moment to subscribe either through iTunes or the RSS feed located on the podcast page at heartofworshipchurch.com. So we're going deep tonight. Tonight's lesson is the tree of sin. We're going to talk about the tree of sin and we're going to discover not just the tree of sin, but the root of the problem daddy taught on sanctification the other day in sanctification in the the Wesleyan teaching of sanctification they explain sin like a tree and they say that at salvation the tree gets cut down but the root is still there and it can keep growing back over and over but it's sanctification the root is dug out so what is this tree and why is there a root well God has been given this lesson Really, it's been at least, well, it's been a decade in the making as far as the warfare and the lessons being learned, but all of the lessons and sermons and messages he's been giving us for the past year all came together in this word, and it all makes sense, and we're going to discover what the tree of sin really is and what the root of the problem is, because everything that we've been getting has been working together, and it finally, came out as this full thing that i'm like that is what he's been trying to see (coughs) bam i get it i finally get it so i pray the holy spirit brings it out where you can get it to the tree is sin but if the tree is sin then the root is generational uh about a year ago y'all that were here will remember that god had started speaking to me about doing research and doing a lesson on the spirit of Jezebel the very first lesson on the spirit of Jezebel that I ever did God had me look into her lineage and I did I did a lesson on it I never podcasted them I still have it and we talked about uh, the idols that she worshipped and their connections to cultures and religions and we got a lot of good information out of it but I don't know that I went back far enough because last week God, uh, he came on me so strong, and he started giving me a word about the spirit of Ahab. And so I was writing it down, and I said, okay, this will be the manna tomorrow. So the next morning, I sent out this message on the spirit of Ahab. Well, as soon as I sent it out, Brother Wayne called, and he said, that was really spot on because I just watched this message on YouTube about the spirit of Jezebel and what was in the manna really lined up with it. And then Candace called, and she was like, That's so crazy, I got chills. God told me yesterday, specifically, look up the spirit of Ahab. And I realized what God was trying to show all along. And this is going to get us back to the root of the problem. And this lesson really isn't on Jezebel, but that's kind of the synopsis of how the digging started. So when you're going back, you want to look back through that lineage. And as we remember, Jezebel was uh, of the worship and the lineage of Baal and Astra. We had went through all of that in those lessons. She worshiped Baal, she worshiped Astra. We're gonna go back, I'm gonna re-explain what some of those things are for those that don't know. But to follow that lineage all the way back, we're gonna go back to Noah, okay? Because you had Adam and Eve, and then you had all of the stories up to Noah. We had when the, the earth was corrupted, by the fallen and all of this stuff, and the devil was running rampant, and sin was running rampant. The earth was infected with sin, so God says, uh-uh, the earth needs a baptism. Time for a baptism, the earth gets flooded. The earth is cleansed because you're the cleansing of the water. And there is a passage that literally says that it was a baptism for the earth. So, if everything was wiped out except for Noah and his family, how did this get back in how did this sin get back in how did this fallen worship this angel worship this idol worship get back in so we go back to Noah Noah had three sons one of his sons was ham ham was the first one after the flood to listen to the voice of the devil and give place or access to the devil And it manifested through a perversion, which is always a fruit or an evidence that sin is there, that the devil is lurking. There's always going to be a perversion. That's going to be one of the fruits that proves that there is something not right there. You'll remember the story that Noah sacrificed some animals. He was happy. They didn't die in the flood. Everything is great. He got drunk, which he shouldn't have done. He passed out in the tent with no clothes on and one of the sons, which was Ham, went in and looked upon his nakedness, it says, and then the other son came in backwards and covered his nakedness and God cursed Ham and that his generations would be cursed and they would always be a problem. And that's the evidence and fruit that the enemy was lurking. There was a spirit there that he was listening to <laughs> moving forward from Ham Ham's oldest son was Cush. Cush was known by your cultures outside of Israel as Baal. Cush was known as Baal. His name meant confusion or perversion. So you have Ham, who was obviously listening to the devil and giving place to the devil. He births a son that has the spirit of the devil, and his name is Baal. Baal establishes Babylon Babylon is your first major city Babylon Samaria that area that's your first civilization after the flood even to this day your secular scientists will tell you that Samaria the Babylonian area that little area is the birthplace of civilization that's where your first cities were established and it was started by Cush who was Bel. Cush was married to Samarimus Cush and Samarimus had a son his name is Nimrod you'll know Nimrod from some of the biblical stories Nimrod was the one who was in charge of Babylon at the time of the Tower of Babel some of you might remember your Sunday school stories about how they wanted to build a tower to God and God came down and confused the languages scattered them and that's where every culture having a separate language came from Before the Tower of Babel, which Babel means confusion, babbling. Before the Tower of Babel, there was only one language in the whole earth. So Nimrod, you think of Nimrod, he was basically almost a type of antichrist because he was the ruler of the known world at that time. The whole world was one language. There was one civilization, one culture. He was the head of it. It says that he had a mouth speaking great swelling words, which is how the Bible describes the Antichrist. Uh, it says that he incited men to rebel against God with his words. His words were very persuasive. He would rebel, cause people to rebel against God. Now remember that Cush was Baal. Nimrod, his son, caused people to rebel. Cush, Baal, and rebel. Baal and his son Rebel. Baal and Rebel. Alright. Now Nimrod married his mama. He married Semiramis. Nimrod and Semiramis became the rulers of Babylon. Cush died, he's out of the picture. Nimrod um, is staying in, in the picture. She's married to Nimrod, and they are worshipped all over the world. At first, under the name Nimrod and Samarimus, because the whole world has one language at this point. Cush as Baal, Baal was basically the devil. He was possessed of the devil, he was the devil. It was the devil incarnate. Nimrod was basically a false Christ, his son. Samarimus was basically a false Mary. Now, of course, the devil always perverts everything he will counterfeit and he will copy and he will mimic everything that God ever does but he will pervert it so Nimrod marries Samarimus because the devil is not a creator he can't create and he can't bring forth life so he has to pervert things to try to bring it about Nimrod actually dies and then later on Samarimus uh, gets pregnant who she claims is the reincarnation of Nimrod that it is Nimrod's son And so it's known as Nimrod's son, Nimrod back from the dead. That's a false resurrection. Timu's kind of falls off the radar. People don't talk about him too much. It usually sticks with the worship of Samarimus and Nimrod. Now, everything that they did taught rebellion and perversion because rebellion leads to perversion and perversion leads to rebellion because perversion is doing something the wrong way, not the way God intended to do it which is rebellion. So perversion and rebellion are basically the same thing. Baal, Nimrod, and Samarimus were an unholy, demonic perversion of God, Jesus, and Mary. And they were there from way back right after the flood. Jezebel, back to Jezebel, who she was. Jezebel was a priestess of Samarimus. But at this point, they called it Asherah, and I'm going to explain why. Okay. Okay. Jezebel's father was a priest of Baal. Jezebel, Baal, Rebel. It was all the same bloodline, all the same lineage. It was all the same worship. They were priests of this lineage. In Samaria, in the Zidonians, they were the Zidonians. The, the kingdom was set up in Samaria. All right. I know I tell y'all we're going deep. I'm setting the stage. We are getting somewhere. We're going deep. We're going deep. All right. Nimrod and Samarimus. We're going to go a little deeper into them so I can explain to you who this really is. Nimrod and Samarimus were worshipped by every Gentile nation. And ultimately, I believe that's, the only, that's what really set the Israelites apart from the Gentiles. All of these cultural things that God had set in place to set Israel apart, their food, their dress, a lot of their rituals, Um, why they were never allowed to mix or to marry with any of the Gentile nations. It's because they all worshipped Samarimus and Baal. But they had different names in each culture. And I'm about to show you that every false god, deity, semi-god, demigod in every culture that you ever heard of was not a bunch of different gods when they're talking about Zeus and they're talking about the Greek gods and the Roman gods and the Asian gods. It's not a bunch of different gods. It's these same ones with different names. And do you know why? Because they ruled before the languages were confused. So once the languages are confused, it's the same gods with different languages. And they're not really gods. They're small g demigods. I'm going to read through this really, really, really quick, and I might not pronounce them all right, but oh well, just to give you um, a little taste of who they were in all these different cultures. Samarimus, who was both Nimrod's wife and Tammuz's mother, was worshipped as the mother of God. She was worshipped throughout the world by each of the titles associated with Nimrod's worship, in addition to many titles unique to her herself. For instance... The respective Greek and Roman names applied to the worship of Samarimus included Aphrodite and Venus, the goddess of love, Artemis and Diana. Now you remember in the New Testament, there was a time when the uh, disciples were almost killed because of the people that were following the worship of Diana were saying that they were going to stop the worship of Diana and so their priests went after the disciples and almost killed them. It's the same thing as Elijah and Jezebel, because it was the same goddess, it was the same people, it was the same spirit, and they were trying to stop the church. It's been the same battle from beginning to end. They just had a different name in the cultures after the Tower of Babel failed, but it's still the same people. So Athena and Minerva, the gods of the crafts, war and wisdom, Demeter and Curses the gods of growing things, Gaia and Terra, symbols of the fertile earth, Hera and Uno, the protector of marriage and women, who was the sister and wife of Zeus in Greek mythology and the wife of Jupiter in Roman mythology, Hesta and Vesta, the goddess of the hearth, plus Rhea and Ops, who was the wife and sister of the Greek horned god Kronos. All right. So Kronos, Greek horned god with horns, you know Kronos, the devil, basically the devil. Babel, just a different name. It was Baal. It's the same ones. Zeus, Zeus was Baal. Zeus was not the father of all gods. He was the father of the demigods, which were the half-breeds, which were Baal's children. All right, these are people that had the spirit of the devil in them, basically. Um, in Egypt, the mother and child were worshipped as Isis, with the infant Horus or Horus seated in his mother's lap. In India, the mother and child were called Deveki and Krishna, and also Isis and Iswara, as they are worshipped to this day. In Asia, they were known as Cybele and Deodius. In pagan Rome, as Fortuna and Jupiter. So it goes on and on and on. In um, Egypt, she was known as the uh, queen of heaven. We had kind of touched on that in the other when it talked about how, because for the Catholics, a lot of the Catholics now refer to Mary as the queen of heaven. And they even have these kind of holidays where you bake the cakes and the breads and the flowers. Well, there's a whole listing in Scripture where Jeremiah was saying, God's about to curse all of you because he's got enough of you baking cakes and putting flowers before the queen of heaven because he hates this thing because it wasn't Mary, it was Samarimus. It was this mother goddess that they've always worshipped. And so you see a lot of this carried on throughout history in everything that ever came against the true church. It always goes back to this root of the Samarimus and Baal worship. Now, Samarimus, the name was changed in the Hebrew regions and in the uh, Zidonian regions to Ashtoreth. So from henceforth throughout the lesson, we're probably not going to call her Samarimus. We're going to call her Ashtoreth because that's what you'll find her as in Scripture. So in Scripture, when you read about Ashtoreth, it's really Samarimus. So there's Baal and Ashtoreth. Baal and Ashtoreth throughout scripture was Nimrod and Samarimus. So now you know the root. Going back to Jezebel, her father was a priest of Baal. She was raised up in the temple of Baal. So it was a family tradition, it was a family thing, it was a learned thing, that these spirits had been passed down, and she was a priestess of Ashtoreth. Ashtoreth was Samarimus. Ashtoreth now, I mean, there's, there's a difference here. There's Ashteroth, which represented the person of Samarimus. And then there's something called an Ashteroth, which was a spirit or a symbol. It was the human manifestation spirit. She was part of Baal because Ashtaroth and Baal were married, so they were one flesh. But Baal, being spirit, could not manifest, but he had to manifest through Ashteroth. So the spirit that came forth through that manifestation is called an Ashterah. So to make it kind of more understandable, you look at Baal. He is the false god. Ashtaroth is the false Mary. Nimrod was the false Jesus. And Ashteroth is a false Holy Spirit. It's a counterfeit. It's a great big counterfeit. And actually learning this, I realized what a great checkmate God did at Calvary because it's kind of like, hey, you know that thing you thought you did? You didn't, I did it to you. He turned it back around. (laughs) But we'll get there. All right. There's a reason the devil did this, and I'm going to try my best to make you understand it. Astra was the female counterpart of Baal. It's a spirit like Baal, an unholy spirit, and it manifests the will of Baal through the human that it inhabits. So when you listen to the voice of Baal, and you receive the spirit of Astra, it is causing you to sin, which is the manifestation that is coming forth through you that is actually worshiping Satan. Just like whenever the Holy Spirit moves through us, we're worshiping God with our lives when you allow the devil to manifest through you, you are really worshiping the devil with your life. We're going to go a little deeper. The astra, this thing, the symbol of it was always placed near the altar of Baal. If throughout scripture, you'll see, it will tell you that there was an altar built and near it was an Astra. There's a reason for this. Baal is a spirit. A spirit cannot receive worship unless it is manifested through something to affect the physical world and draw worship to itself. So a person that has this astra, this unholy spirit, they will always be attention-seeking, because the Holy Spirit isn't attention-seeking. Remember, Jesus said the Holy Spirit comes, he will not speak of himself, he won't be drawn to him, drawing things to himself, he's going to only speak of Jesus. So when a person truly has the Holy Spirit, everything they do is going to point you to Jesus. But when a person has this astra spirit, it's going to be attention seeking. It's going to be drawing you to them, to them, and if it can, away from Jesus to get the attention to them because it all wants to be worshipped. But for the devil, which was Baal, he had to manifest through the astra so that it could affect a person to draw that worship back to him. Therefore... Baal and Astra represents self-will because self-will perverts God's will. Write that one down and remember it. Self-will perverts God's will. God has a will, his will, his way, that's it. Any alteration from it is a perversion of God's will. And the devil will tell you well this is this is how you want to do it this is your plan it's not your plan it's the devil's plan because if you're not following god's plan and god's will it's a perversion of his will and it's really the devil's will he's just putting it in your ear you do have a free will but your free will is really to choose whose will you're going to follow god's or bales choose ye this day whom you will serve because you're going to serve one or the other. There's no middle ground. Right. Therefore, when you allow the devil to manifest through you, guess what? You become the asherah. Okay. So how does all this relate to the tree of sin? Go to Judges 2, Jacob. I want, do you have your phone? Mm-hmm. Go in the Strong's because I'm gonna want you to look some things up in the Strong's. Everybody else, go to Judges 2:11 through 13. Judges 2, 11 through 13 says, and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. All right, let me explain something really quick. Sometimes in scripture, Balaam just repre- just speaks of Baal. But also there are times when it talks about Balaam as a prophet of Baal. So when you allow Baal, that Baal's spirit, to speak through you, when he's talking in your ear and you speak that thing out, you are becoming a Balaam, a prophet of Baal. Ministers that speak lies and manipulations that were set in their hearts by the devil that are not based in scripture, they are prophets of Baal. They are Balaams. For those that want to know more about the spirit of Balaam, go back in the podcast. We did a whole podcast lesson on that. You can go back and get the details. We don't have time to really go into that tonight. But these people were serving Balaam. They were serving the prophets of Baal. They were serving the voice of the devil. And served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods, of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. For they forsook the Lord and served baal and asherah so this is what made god so angry at the israelites because they were constantly forsaking god to serve baal and asherah any deviation from god's will or god's plan it doesn't matter how logical it seems to you it doesn't matter how well the enemy sells it to you when God says to do it a certain way and you decide to do it a different way, you're listening to the spirit of Baal and really you're worshiping Baal and Asherah because the devil is always working to pervert God's plan. Don't help him. Listen to God. In ancient cultures, Balaam was often associated. We're talking about that spirit of Balaam. We're not going to go into that. I, like I told you, there's a whole nother lesson you can look up. But When there were prophets of Baal, which were often called Balaams, or somebody operated through the spirit of Balaam, Um, in ancient cultures, it was typically associated with a dog-type creature, like an Anubis. Those that might be familiar a little bit with the uh, Egyptians, they had like the jackal-headed god was an Anubis. A lot of times, this entity was associated with this dog-like figure, which is why the Sumerians and the Gentiles were often called dogs in scripture, like when... The woman came to Jesus and she said, you know, and he said, why should I throw the people, the children's bread before dogs? And she said, but Lord, even the dogs lick up the scraps from the master's table. And he was like, oh, that's really humble. And he healed her child. The Sumerians, the people that were not of the Jewish culture, the people that were part of this other spirit, this other family were actually considered dogs. And that kind of relates back to Balaam and to that spirit. Little side note, you can go back to the other lesson to... Dig deeper into that, but for right now, go to Deuteronomy sixteen twenty-one. I'm gonna reread the judges too that I just read while y'all are turning there, but y'all go to Deuteronomy sixteen twenty-one. So in, in the judges when it said, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam, and they forsook the Lord, God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods the gods of the people that were around about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger and they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtoreth. This is why throughout scripture he says to be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing. Come out from among them, be ye separate. Don't participate in the sins that are going on around you. It doesn't matter how many other people are doing it. It doesn't matter how many people that are claiming to be Christians are doing it. Separate yourself from the sins of the world. There's a reason he's telling you because they are perverting God's way and therefore they are serving Baal and Asherah. Don't join them, stay the course obey scripture do what the Bible says just because the whole world is walking in sin and doing things a certain way doesn't make it right it makes it a perversion of the right and it makes you part of the problem when you participate God is looking for the few that are willing to stand and be separate and be holy and be righteous because he's coming back for a pure and spotless bride not for Asherah's all right in Deuteronomy, now we're going to come, we're coming to this tree. We're going to figure out what the tree of sin really, really is. In Deuteronomy 16, 21 and 22, it says, Thou shalt not plant thee a grove of any tree near unto the altar of the Lord thy God, which thou shalt make thee, neither shalt thou set thee up any image which the Lord thy God hateth. Alright, so there's a problem. The people are constantly setting up these images and these groves close to the altars, and it says God hates this. Why? Jacob, in the original Hebrew, tell me what word it says for grove. It says the name, the word, not the definition, the word. Ashra. Ashra. Wow. You can read the definition, it's gonna tell you the same thing. Yeah, it says Ashra Groves. Consort. Of oh, Baal, her images, yeah. Okay. So when the Bible says grove, it's actually an Asherah. All of these places that set up these groves in the Old Testament that the good kings were always cutting down, they were Asherahs. The the altars of God were being perverted and given over to Baal, and the Asherahs were being set up next to them because the Asherah was basically the summoning device, the unholy spirit that comes together with Baal because it is considered the consort of Baal. So Asherah is the counterpart of Baal. It's his spirit. So you'll begin to see this all throughout. And there's also a couple of times in scripture where it'll talk about an Asherah pole. When you go back to the original Greek, it goes back to that Asherah tree. It usually wasn't a pole. Sometimes it was a statue of a tree or a wooden pole, but most of the times it was a literal tree. So, going into what Brother Wayne was talking about earlier, that a daughter of Jezebel ended up marrying into and trying to wipe the king of Judah and wiping out the entire bloodline of the king of David. Why? Because the true Messiah was going to come from the bloodline of David. You've got the false Messiah and Antichrist. It's the Antichrist. It's the Antichrist throughout history. It's that Antichrist spirit is, is Baal and Ashtoreth. It's the Antichrist and the unholy spirit, the false witness, basically. So they were trying to wipe out the bloodline of David because the true Messiah was going to come through the bloodline of David. Josiah became the eight-year-old king that saved Israel. At eight years old, he became king. And as soon as he started ruling, he, you know, he brought the word back. He brought the Bible back. And he went and destroyed all of the altars of Baal. And he cut down the groves of Asherah. Go to Second Kings 23 it seems like a bunch of unconnected stories throughout scripture throughout time but you're going to see it's actually been one battle the whole time all right in second kings 23 13 it says and the high places okay this is kind of significant to astras and, and uh altars of Baal were typically set up in high places all right, we're told to take the lowest seat, but those with the spirit of Asherah, they want to be in the high seat. They want to be, If they, I've heard it said, if they can't serve high, they won't serve at all. And it's true, they, they want to be seen, they want the high seat. But you'll notice that throughout the Bible, when it talks about the high places, that's usually where these groves or these Asherahs or these temples of Baal were set up. If you remember in the story of Balaam, when Balak had hired Balaam to curse the Israelites, he kept taking him to the high places to give him power so that he could curse the Israelites and it wouldn't work. So he was like, well, let's go to the better high place. Let's go to the higher high place. But because they were in righteousness, this curses couldn't affect them. So what did Balaam do? He caused the people to sin. He began to tell them, it's okay to sin a little bit. It's okay to take this. Everybody does it, it's okay. And then once they began to walk in disobedience to the will of God, They opened that door and then the curses came. He planted an Asherah within their heart, within their society, and he took the ground. In 2 Kings 23, 13, it says, In the high places that were before Jerusalem, which were on the right hand of the Mount of Corruption, what a lovely name, which Solomon, the king of Israel, had built for Asherah, the abomination of the Zidonians, and for Chemosh, the abomination of the Moabites, and for Milcom, the abomination of the children of Ammon, did the king defile, and he break, and this is what Josiah did, he break in pieces the images and cut down the groves. Look up that word groves again. Asherah. He cut down Asherah. He cut down the Asherahs, and filled their places with the bones of men. Moreover, the altar that was at Bethel and the high place which Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel to sin, had made both the altar and the high place, he broke down and burned the high places and stomped it small to powder and burned the grove. He cut them down, he burned them and he stomped them into dust. God hates it. And if you notice the names of all of these kings, they're all of the ones that through Scripture it lists that, it says they did great evil in the sight of the, the Lord, or they caused Israel to sin. It was all people that set up these, Balaam, these Baal and Asherah places. It's a place of disgrace. All right. Now, Samarimus and Nimrod were set up originally in Samaria, hence the name the Samarians right? Samarimus, Samaria, Samarians. All right. Now, when Jesus went to the woman at the well, he went into Samaria. Okay. He said, I have to go to Samaria. They wanted to go around. He said, nope, I got to go in. They wanted to go around. The Israelites avoided Samaria because that's where the birthplace of all this evil was. And it just spread like the plague to the whole world. So they kind of tended to just try to avoid it. Jesus said, nope, I'm going in. There's a reason, all right? The woman at the well, when she was talking to Jesus, he said, you know not what you worship, but we know what we worship. He's saying, you really don't know what it is you're worshiping. They, At this point, they were worshiping the statues, they were worshiping the groves, they were worshiping Baal, they were worshiping all these gods, but they didn't really know what they were worshiping. You are in devil worship. He said, but we know what we worship. She said, I I know that there's a prophecy that the Messiah is coming and all this. And she said, so why don't you tell me where are we going to worship? Why? Because there was a battle. There was a battle between the Israelites who had a God who resided in the temple, the God of the Israelites, and the people who followed Baal and their gods resided on the mountains. So the temple or the mountains? She said, you tell me where we're going to worship. He said, remember his response, There's a time coming when you won't worship either in the temple or in the mountain because God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. There's a reason in the things that he's saying, which kind of ties back to the lesson we did not too long ago about the river of God. When we talked about this conversation at the well, when he's really revealing God's plan to release the Holy Spirit, there's a purpose in what he's doing jesus was professing that he was making a way to save the gentiles to overthrow this unholy spirit with the holy spirit he was telling he went into the enemy's camp to profess his plan the devil was too stupid really to even comprehend what he was saying but he gave this whole story about how if you ask him i'm going to give you this water which was the holy spirit The Holy Spirit is stronger than this unholy spirit. And he was telling them how he was going to overthrow it. He was going in to take the territory. He was telling them that the water that was going to come from his side, which was the Holy Spirit, would cleanse your temple, which is your body, of its idols, which is the Asherah, the tree of sin. So really, the tree of sin that we've got to uproot is the Asherah. There's an Asherah in the heart of every sinner. It's got to be uprooted. And it's only done by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus went into Samaria and announced, your kingdom's coming down. Jesus went to Baal and Ashtoreth's unholy homeland to announce that the Holy Spirit was about to burst forth from the temple and expand its territory. The Holy Spirit was coming to take back what the devil had stolen and it was starting in Baal's own kingdom with Baal's own house, the Samaritans. Because remember, we're originally through creation, all God's children, right? So there's always been this question, well, what made the Gentiles not God's children and the Israelites God's children? Well, they took on another spirit. But Jesus was announcing that the Holy Spirit was coming to take back what the enemy stole. See, God was telling Baal, you thought that you were going to steal my children, but checkmate, I'm taking yours. All right, you want to know what the tree of sin is? The tree of sin is a family tree. Remember when Jesus said you were of your father, the devil? This is something that you got to get in your spirit. We've heard the terms familiar spirit. Somebody's got a bad spirit. Ooh, that's a familiar spirit. A familiar spirit is a family spirit. The root word of familiar is family And I've told y'all this before that the only thing that really makes family in the spirit is spirit so back to the Baal worship when they worship Baal and they receive this unholy spirit this Asherah he plants that seed of rebellion in the heart and that Asherah is within them once that spirit is there you are of your father the devil the devil is your father Jesus told the, the unsaved he said you are of your father the devil but it also says in Scripture that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So when we receive the Holy Spirit of Jesus, we are adopted back. That's why it says he's to restore the children to the Father. It's a, it's a ministry of reconciliation. It's all about what spirit you have. If you have an Astra in your spirit, then you are of your father the devil. You're part of his family. It's a family tree. The tree of Asherah is a family tree, but the Holy Spirit can uproot it. The Holy Spirit can replace it. And then you will be a true child of God. As long as you are part of that family, you're gonna always tend towards rebellion and perversion. Once you truly become part of God's family, you are gonna tend towards holiness and righteousness because that spirit is leading you That kind of ties back into the message God had given me a few weeks ago about just die. In order for you to receive the Holy Spirit, you got to give up the ghost. You have to die to self. You have to give up that old spirit. You have to let go. Stop fighting to keep it. Surrender. Give it up. Die to self. Give up the ghost and receive the Holy Spirit. Now, back to Baal. Astra and Astra. This evil tree, this unholy spirit, there was another symbol for the Astra. Astra's symbol was a dove. It was a counterfeit of the Holy Spirit. And it does have demonic manifestations. Remember that the Bible warns that the Antichrist will come with signs and line wonders and all of these things. A lot of the people that are claiming to be children of God that are bringing forth manifestations. That have anointings their demonic anointings their unholy manifestations and they're backed by the power of the ashtoreth she was a counterfeit holy spirit but there's one thing that she cannot counterfeit and that's purity that's righteousness that's holiness there's going to be some fruit of rebellion and perversion there if it is there the holy spirit will produce holy fruit it will produce righteousness So no, you cannot judge a tree by its gifts or its powers or its abilities. You can only judge a tree by its fruit. You wanna know which tree is planted in the heart of a person, you gotta check the fruit. That's why Jesus said to judge the tree by its fruits, because it's the only way you're gonna know if it's real or not. All right, this was a counterfeit Godhead. It was the spirit of Antichrist. Ashtoreth was the physical counterpart to Baal, a union of the physical and the spiritual in a perversion of God's plan that brought forth the Ashtoreth, an unholy spirit, right? Ashtoreth, Samarimus, Baal, physical, united with spiritual, birth, a spirit, a demon, an unholy spirit. It's all a counterfeit. And that's why it blends so well into the church. It blends very well into the church, and it almost always pretends to be the church. And it's very hard to identify what's real and what's not unless you check the fruit. All right, you see from the beginning to the end, throughout all of Scripture, you can see this thing. It was a war between an unholy priesthood, the Balaams and the Jezebels, with demonic anointings granted by an unholy spirit, counterfeiting God's design and perverting it because the devil wants to be God and every rebellion is rooted in him trying to do it his way. So when you don't seek God, when you don't wait on God, when you try to do things your way, you are being led by a spirit of Baal and you have become the astra. You are the physical counterpart that that unholy spirit is working through. When you don't wait on God, when you do it your way, when you don't listen to God, when you do things the way that you think it makes sense or what you feel, you are literally becoming his asherah. You are the thing that his will is now manifesting through. And he plants that seed in you. You become the tree. It takes over you. These are things to watch in your thought process. When you do this in ministry, you have allowed him to erect an asherah in your ministry. That's why we see, we went through a season where we saw a lot of the people that we loved and trusted, and it was very heartbreaking to see them running after these false prophecies and these idols and these words, and they were getting these big thoughts in their head about how God was going to, you know, create this big kingdom for them, and I'm like, God says no, and they're like, well, I'm going to get it because I have big dreams, and you know, one even told me, you know, he said, I have kingdom-sized dreams, don't you ever want to leave Lettsworth? I said I don't want to leave God if he tells me to sit in the cave and write manas that's what I'm gonna do he said well I have kingdom size vision I said but that's the problem it's your vision it's not God's because the minute you start coveting after something like that and God says no or God says wait God's doing it for your protection there's a problem and I'm gonna explain that what he's doing later on but the minute you do that Jezebel steps in and says oh but I'll get it for you and she's gonna get it in a way that's gonna leave blood on your hands So watch yourself. Ministers, watch yourself. This is where most ministries get led astray. When you do this in a ministry, you have allowed him to erect an astra in your ministry. You let him plant a tree in your church where there was supposed to be a tree of life. There is now another tree, a tree of death. The land gets perverted, poisoned, and polluted. And the only thing that is produced is more death. That's why we can go to these big conferences and watch them put on their big show full of unholy anointings and you walk out and all you see is more death. Demons being spread, no victory, no overcoming power. People can get touched and fall out 150 times in a six-month period and nobody gets changed. If the real God touches you, He's going to change you. You get touched by God, something is going to change. You know, I always say it, God never changes, but everything he touches does. If you keep getting touched and nothing's changing, it's it's not God touching you. When you don't trust God's words, plans, teachings, timings, and purity in your home, and you try to do things your way, you plant an astra in your family. When you do it with your personal life, you have allowed him to plant a tree in your heart. And even though that tree may have already been uprooted at salvation and plucked out, he can come right back and plant another one if you allow it. And towards the end, we're going to come to the victory part where I explain how you overcome this, how we deal with this. Your ministry, your home, and you yourself can become the asterisk. And now the tree, or even a whole grove of trees, has to be uprooted all over again. Not just cut down, or it will continue to come back. It has to be totally uprooted. Uproot it, and only the Holy Spirit can do that by way of the blood of Jesus this is sanctification that's what sanctification is sanctification is when the Holy Spirit uproots that tree the blood of Jesus affords to wash us clean to cleanse our temple and makes us able to take the Holy Spirit within to our body, the Holy Spirit is not going to share His glory with another. He's not going to dwell with an asherah. He will. In the Old Testament, what happened when they erected Asherahs in the temple? The Holy Spirit departed. So you can have the Holy Spirit, but if you let the devil plant another Asherah in your heart, the Holy Spirit's departing. He's not sharing houses. When the Holy Spirit is there, He can uproot that thing but you can grieve the Holy Spirit and either cause him to leave or you can allow the enemy to plant something else in you which is going to cause him to leave regardless. But true sanctification is when the Holy Spirit removes the root of that tree. And at that point, there is a way to keep it out. Don't worry, I'm going to give you the good news. The good news is the gospel. The bad news, the gospel's been perverted and so it's lost its power. Wait till we get to the end. All right, everything that I've explained to you so far has been how the root sprang up after the flood because we started at Noah, right? This is how that root sprang up again after the flood, after the earth had already been cleansed by baptism. And in like mind, we can have that root sprung up in us again after baptism also. But it does actually go back further than that. Let me show you where it all really started. Go to Genesis 2, all the way to the beginning of the books. All the way to the beginning of the book. Let's see where it really started. Genesis 2 verse 9. Genesis 2 verse 9 says, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that was pleasant to the sight and good for our food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What was the tree of knowledge? It represented self-will, your knowledge, your thinking, your perception, what you see, what makes sense to you, your way, not God's way. So really the two trees have been there all the way back to the garden. And we've always had the choice to choose life, which is Jesus, the tree of life. It was always there. Or to choose rebellion, self-will, knowledge. We're saved by faith, which is trust in the tree of life. It brings life. Or you are damned by trusting what you think you know. The right way, the only way, God's way, or perversion and rebellion. Jesus is the tree of life. Asherah is the tree of knowledge, the tree of sin. One of them's going to be planted in your heart. Really, your heart's kind of the garden if you think about it. One of them's going to be planted. But choose ye this day whom you will serve. Because whom you serve, you are servant too. That is your master. Jesus is the only way. Ashra is choosing another way. When you don't obey the word of God and try to do things your way, another way, that seed gets planted and that tree comes up in your heart. You're choosing to reject the tree of life and let in Baal, that old serpent that caused you to take part of another tree. Remember that Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life, the life, the life, the life, the tree of life. He is the life. His way is life. Any other way. All right. so you see this tree, this tree of sin, this tree of knowledge, this Ashtoreth, this tree is what the law, the commandments, and the prophets kept trying to cut down, but it just kept springing back up. Because it's a spirit, and you're trying to cut down a spirit with physical things. So God sent another spirit with greater authority than it to dethrone it, to completely uproot it and kill it one life at a time. This is what God was really trying to tell the woman at the well in Samaria when he said God is a spirit, and you have to worship him in spirit and in truth. You can't cut down a spirit with physical things things with physical strength with physical might with physical actions you have to cut it down with a stronger spirit so by faith receive and call on the Holy Spirit but there's a reason people's faith has been broken we're gonna get there we're getting to it we're getting to it this kind of actually at this point ties back to the lesson that I had did on understanding spiritual authority this is actually almost a prequel because up to this point you could start the spiritual less the spiritual authority lesson because once you receive the Holy Spirit, then it gives you authority over this other spirit. So by faith in the blood, we can receive Jesus' spirit, which has authority, power, and dominion over all other spirits. The lesser power is overthrown by the greater power, but you have to believe that he can before he will. This power is the grace that comes by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ that tree can be uprooted that spirit can be overthrown but it's only going to be overthrown by the power of the holy spirit which is only going to come by grace which is the power of the holy spirit but it's only going to come once you receive the blood of jesus but it's only going to happen through faith so if you don't believe you can you can't but if you find out that you can you will And this has been the great deception remember Jesus said that if you have the faith as of a grain of mustard seed you can speak to the mountain and say be thou removed and it will be cast into the midst of the sea what is that mountain it's the same mountain he was talking to in the woman at the well when she said are we gonna worship in the tipple or in the mountain it's the mountain the high place where the grove is always set up it's the place of the Asherah he said it can be cast out it can be thrown into the sea but it's only gonna be by faith if you don't believe it can it won't if you believe that Baal That Balaam prophet that's been standing in a pulpit telling you, you're gonna sin. It's gonna happen. It's gonna, you're just, you're never gonna be free of it. We all sin. It's just human nature. The Holy Spirit doesn't have enough power to help you overcome this. If you believe that lie of Balaam and let it crush your faith, it's never coming out. But if you believe Jesus, if you believe the scripture, if you believe that it says, whom the son sets free is free indeed, if you believe that it says that the body of sin can be destroyed, if you believe that you can have total sanctification, if that faith really takes root, it's going to uproot the lesser tree. If a bigger tree grows next to a lesser tree, the big tree will uproot the smaller tree. And believe me, it's a smaller tree, but only your faith can plant the seed and let the Holy Spirit in to do it. And if there's any question whether this mountain is really talking about this astra when you read the um the same account in the gospel of luke in luke 17 6 it reads like this and the lord said if ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed ye might say unto this syakim tree oh not a mountain but a tree this time the syakim tree be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Whether it's talking about the mountain, or the high place, or the grove, or the tree, it's all the Astra because the altars of Baal were always erected in a high place, on the mountain, the groves, the astras They were always put in a high place, because the devil wants to be worshipped. So he's always looking for the highest seat. He's always wanting to be looked up to. So throughout scripture, when you read things about the high place, you know, like casting down every high thing that exalts itself above the uh, knowledge of God, or when you're reading these things about the high places, the groves, the mountain, um, it's all talking about this Asherah. It comes back to the same thing. So in one gospel, it says that if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed, and it will. And in the other gospel, it says you could say to this tree, Be plucked up root and all the very root of it everything will be completely removed but it requires faith because unless you truly believe that God can it won't happen if you don't believe that he can then it won't but by faith it is possible for this thing to be totally plucked up root and all remember that the God of this world is already judged the God of this world is Balaam it's the devil small g the Bible says the God of this world it's talking small g A lot of times angels were referred to as gods, these things with small g's in scripture. He's already been judged. It's too late for him. God is greater. God is stronger. It's too late for Balaam, but he'll bluff you. And he's bluffing the whole church. He's bluffing a lot of people. He doesn't have the authority over you unless you yield it to him. And allowing yourself to believe that it can't be done is yielding your authority. And this is going to lead us to the ugly truth that is the real problem in most churches and in most Christian lives. What gives this spirit access to plant trees of sin in your life, family, or church? What is it? What is giving him access? It's the spirit of Ahab. This comes full circle back to the first thing that he told me last week about look up the spirit of Ahab. The spirit of Ahab is what gives him access. What is Ahab but relinquished authority? The spirit of Ahab is relinquished authority. It manifests through rebellion, self will, and perversion, but it is given access through relinquished authority. Ahab had the authority to stop Jezebel at any time, but he chose to give Baal and Asherah place or dominion. I already had this before your sermon Sunday, but you kind of touched on a lot of this about don't give the devil place. Ahab gave him place. What does that mean? He gave him dominion. He didn't have to. He did, but he didn't have to. Ahab had the authority to stop Jezebel at any time, but he chose to give... Baal and Asherah place or dominion in his house by relinquishing his authority to stop it. He simply chose not to walk in the authority of the position that God had placed him in. The devil only has the power that you let him have. He can only walk in the authority that you give up. Get that in your spirit. He can only walk in the authority that you give up. So parents, take authority over your household with actions and not just words. Pastors, take authority over your churches with actions, not just words. Christians, take authority over your thoughts with actions, not just words. Choose the tree of life. Choose Christ and believe in the power of his blood to totally uproot the tree of sin, the Asherah, to completely evict Baal, to cut down his groves and grind them into powder. An eight-year-old child named Josiah had the faith to do it. Because he read in a book, he read in the scriptures, he found the scriptures, and it said it can be done. So he said, let's do it. He didn't have people there telling him it's impossible to do it. He just read it in a book. Open the Bible, read the book, see that it says you can do it, and do it. Stop relinquishing authority by believing that it can't be done and therefore not doing it. Stand up and walk it out. Walk in the authority that you have been called to. Kill it by faith in the authority given you by the blood of Jesus and the adoption of God. You can be set free. The root of sin can be defeated, but you have to believe that it can so that you stop relinquishing authority to it. That's what's giving it access. In your life, it's believing this lie that it's going to happen anyway. It's not, real, not truly believing that the Bible says you can overpower it, you can overcome it. That every temptation, the Bible says every temptation, there is a way of escape. There's a way out of. Yes, we're not saying that it's impossible to sin once you have this thing uprooted, but we are saying it is definitely possible not to, because you have authority over the enemy. You can say, get ye behind me, Satan. It says, resist the devil and he will flee. Stand in the authority that you've been given because if you don't, you are allowing the spirit of Ahab to cause you to relinquish authority and let Jezebel walk in and walk all over. It's going to come in. Some evil spirit is going to come in if you relinquish authority you can go out and fight with all of your might to take a territory but once you take it if you stop defending it if you relinquish the authority to stand your ground something's going to come in and claim it a lot of people at salvation have total sanctification that's why they have this great joy and this power and this gung-ho-ness But nobody ever told them, you're going to have to stand in your authority. You're going to have to rebuke the enemy. Nobody ever explains to them the authority that they do have. In fact, most of the time they get saved and immediately the pastors are telling them you're going to sin. Everybody sins. It's okay. What does that do? It breaks their faith. So when Baal comes in their ear and says, oh, by the way, I want to plant this Asherah in your heart. Here, look at this porn or whatever the issue is. And he's saying, hey, by the way, the pastor already told you it's going to happen, so you just soon give up and let me do it. There's no faith. That mountain can be removed and thrown into the midst of the sea, but only by faith. If you don't believe that he can, he won't. That's why the prophets of Baal are in just about every pulpit, at least in America, if not the world. And it's only gonna get worse because Baal is the spirit of Antichrist and the Antichrist will run the religion of the world and many of them will claim to be Christian, but it's not. There is a counterfeit. There is a counterfeit. This is a war between a holy royal priesthood, that's us, and an unholy priesthood, the Balaams. It's Elijah against the prophets of Baal, the ministers of Diana against the disciples, the Antichrist against the elect, the believing church against the unbelieving church. It's the same fight, different battles, same war. From beginning to end, it's been the same thing. So, what's the problem? The problem is that most people don't ever get rid of that spirit. They don't ever get rid of that astra in their heart because they've been told that they can't. And so a lot of people that think they're saved or that were told they were saved are probably not saved because they're still in the wrong family. They're still serving the wrong master. Maybe they were saved, but they let it plant something and they went back. And a lot of people are being told, well, it's gonna happen, it's okay. You're just having a dry spell. You're still saved. No, there's a problem. If the rivers of living water are drying up, there's something wrong. Something has been given access somewhere. Get on your face before God and cry out for the power of the Holy Spirit to figure out what the access point is and close it off. And then the Holy Spirit can remove this thing and get you back on track. He can remove it as easily the second, third, fourth time as he did the first time if you're sincere and you repent. And if your faith is there, you can keep it from planting again stand in faith and when he does sometimes by deception you didn't realize you know what he was doing and you let a little bitterness kind of root in something like that that's grieving the holy spirit you can still come back and oh i recognize it's there pluck it out pluck it out when it's young it's much easier to pull out a 2 inch sapling than it is a 5 foot tree so pluck it out as soon as possible don't let it fester don't let it grow the more rooted in it gets the harder it gets the things that you do or come into agreement with can give it access. Things that we do in our lives do give it rights, and there are generational rights that sometimes have to be renounced and cut off and broken. But the power of the Holy Spirit is stronger because all of their rights are superseded by the blood of Jesus. And our right through his blood to the inheritance, which is the Holy Spirit. And the power of the Holy Spirit is the grace to overcome the enemy, which plucks out that tree, root and all, and sets you free, because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. All right, we talked a little bit about Balaam. He's a prophet or a preacher of Baal, so any person that preaches or prophesies anything that is not straight from the mouth or heart of God is actually a Balaam. They are ministering the words of Satan. If somebody is twisting scripture, perverting scripture, denying scripture, I've heard so many people, even preachers, you'll show them something in scripture, just straight scripture, I don't believe that. Run for your life. If you don't believe the scripture, then this is not your God. Jesus is the word made flesh. If you don't believe the word, you don't believe Jesus, then your faith is not in Jesus. Your salvation is not in Jesus. Your power is not coming from Jesus. You are a Balaam. You have to believe the full counsel of the word. And they will always tend to cause people to worship Baal. They will do just like Balaam did in the Old Testament. They'll encourage people to sin. They'll make them comfortable in their sin. They'll justify their sins. They'll tell them it's okay to mix with the world. They'll cause them to eventually walk into idol worship, self-worship, the prosperity doctrine. It's all about me, 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 me. What can I get? My blessings, my money. It's self-worship. It's idol worship. It's Baal worship. It's all Satan worship. That's why... The only commandment in the satanic Bible is do as thou will. Self, self, self. The churches and revelations. We see this problem all the way through. We're not going to read the scriptures, but there were several churches in the book of revelations where Jesus was saying, well, there's some things about you that I like. You did do this, this, and this. You did have charity, and you did believe in me, but you had a spirit of Balaam in operation. But... You allow Jezebel, but you allowed these things to come into the church. Therefore, I will come to you with the sword of my mouth. What is the sword? The sword is the word. The word cuts down Balaam because the word is the truth, the way, and the life. Yeah. Ultimately, Jezebel only rules because Ahab lets her. The problem in Israel was not Jezebel. It was Ahab. Jezebel will keep resurfacing as long as Ahab gives her place through relinquishing his authority so now we can understand what sanctification really is it's a cleansing of your temple by the holy spirit when you truly come to believe and i think that people because daddy preached how they originally taught sanctification as a long process that can take your whole life and daddy said i believe it can happen in an instant if you truly believe and that's true the problem with people going through a process that takes their whole life, is because they're battling back and forth with their faith. When you truly come to believe and walk in the authority of that faith, the fight is over because Jesus has already won the war. The victory's already gotten because the God of this world, little g, has already been judged. So you don't have to battle it the rest of your life. Now you will learn the rest of your life, the enemy's tactics, There's gonna be things that he sneaks up on you with, but as soon as you learn it, take authority, deal with it, get rid of it, uproot the tree, move forward. The blood and the spirit of Jesus can totally cleanse your temple and remove the tree of sin, yet free will does still remain. You can willingly let Baal back in to erect a new grove in your heart, but if you do, it will be by choice like Ahab, because you choose to relinquish authority remember get ye behind me Satan resist the devil and he will flee there's no temptation that he doesn't provide a way after salvation I've heard so many stories of people tell me I completely and totally didn't have the desire for ABCD anymore I don't know why I just did it anyway and then I fell back into sin the the root had been removed there was no desire but through peer pressure through boredom through routine or habit you know, I've had people tell me that, you know, God completely delivered me of cigarettes, but I was just so in the habit, I really didn't even desire it, but I, I started again just because of the habit. The bail got in their ear. They, did, they could have overcame it. The power was there. They had the authority. They relinquished it and let him back in. So it's not impossible to fall back into sin, but it is possible not to if you know you have the authority and stand in it. All right, we are almost through. Go to First Kings 16. I'm trying to make this coherent. I know it's a lot of information to try to pour out. If you don't get it now, just hold it in your heart. The Holy Spirit will point it out later. First 1 Kings 16.30 says, And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. And it came to pass, as it had been... A light thing to him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat this is important he had the authority not to but because he considered it a light thing it wasn't a big deal it's not a big deal I can go do that it's not a big deal I can go hang out with those drinking friends it's not a big deal I can participate in this it's not a big deal because even though God had already acknowledged that these things were sin. But in his heart, he said, it's not a big deal. He had the authority not to do it. Not a big deal. He did it anyway. That he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbel. Bel, Bel, descendant of Bel, servant of Bel. He was a priest of Bel. The daughter of Ethbel, king of the Zidonians, and went to serve Bel and worshipped him. And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a grove. And if you look that word grove up, it will say an Asherah. And Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. So because... He had the authority not to, but he relinquished that authority and he erected an Asherah. That is what drove God to anger. It wasn't really so much even that he married Jezebel, though God was displeased with that. Many of the kings had married outside. It was because of the Baal worship. It's because he erected the Asherah. It's because he built temples to Baal. It's because he worshipped Baal and he had the authority not to. He could have stopped it all. Jezebel slaughtered the priest of of God in Israel. She slaughtered. She hurt God's children. He had the authority to stop it, but he never did. He made an Asherah. He gave place to the devil. He gave him his territory. It's all about the territory. So parents, don't allow sin in your home. You're giving him place. Pastors, don't allow sin, rebellion, or gossip in your church. You are giving him place. Believer, don't allow sin or perversion in your heart. You are giving him place. Because when you give him place, you are giving him your vineyard, your inheritance, your territory. You are giving him access to the territory. He has right. That's why I said there's been so many times when you go to do deliverance on a person and the devil will literally speak through them and say, I have a right. There is an access point somewhere. There's something in their life. They are giving him their territory and he has a right to be there. There is an Asherah erected in their life somewhere because when he comes into your territory and plants that tree, he now has a right to the territory because he has a right to his tree. You're letting him in go to Ephesians 4 22. we're gonna look at some of the access points some of the things that will give him access it says that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man who is the old man Baal that spirit that is in there it's Asherah the spirit of Baal when he says you need to put off the old man it's talking about your old spirit it's talking about the Asherah the spirit of Baal you need to get rid of that spirit You don't wanna be part of that family anymore. You got a familiar spirit. You got a family spirit that's familiar with Baal and the things of darkness. Therefore, you will gravitate to the things of darkness because it will be familiar to you. It will be comfortable. When you have the Holy Spirit, those things are no longer comfortable to you because you're no longer part of that family. It's not familiar anymore. All right, so the old man is Baal. Put off that old man, that unholy spirit which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that ye put on the new man what is the new man the Holy Spirit that's the new spirit you put on the new spirit so to put on the new spirit cause you cast out the old man you give up the ghost just die let it go give up that spirit stop fighting to keep it let it go believe that it can be overpowered by the Holy Spirit and take on that new man which after god is created in righteousness and true holiness therefore putting away lying that old man spirit that spirit he's going to be a liar because you are of your father the devil and the devil is a liar and the father of it so a person that still has that astral spirit will be constantly caught in lies speak every man truth with his neighbor for we are members one of another be ye angry and sin not nor let the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Don't give him your territory. Don't let him walk in. No vacancy. I know when he started pulling up these scriptures in his message, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, don't give him a vacancy. Amen. And I'm about to show you how you end up giving him a vacancy. Let him that stole steal no more but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which are good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. So somebody who has the unholy spirit, they will tend to be a little bit lazy. They're going to run from work. They're going to steal. They're going to do all of these things that are selfish. A person with the Holy Spirit will labor just so that they can give because they will have a charitable spirit. Let no corrupt communication proceed forth out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace to the hearer and grieve not the Holy Spirit whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption why are you sealed by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is what uproots and evicts the unholy spirit that spirit of Baal the old man things can grieve the Holy Spirit it says don't let corrupt communications come out of your mouth misrepresenting the Holy Spirit, allowing yourself to speak things that God would not speak, to do things that God would not do, to be places that God would not be, to participate in sin, these things will grieve the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit departs, what happens? It leaves a vacancy, which goes back to the other scripture that says, when the unclean spirit, what is the unclean spirit? The Astra has gone out of a man. It goes and wanders into dry places and it'll come back and finding the house empty because the Holy Spirit was grieved. It says he was swept clean and furnished, but it's empty. You've grieved the Holy Spirit and it's left. He's coming back with seven spirits worse than himself, which we know actually ties back to a counterfeit of the holy spirit because the holy spirit has seven sparks, seven parts the seven spirits of god so this is asherah coming back the unholy spirit the fake the counterfeit with seven of its fakes coming with it and the latter end is worse than the former don't grieve the holy spirit and kick it out because asherah is coming back let all bitterness these are things that can grieve the holy spirit Bitterness, which is unforgiveness. If you start to dislike somebody, have a bitterness in your heart. These are things that can grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will work with you for a season to try to help you to get these things out of you. But if you willingly choose to keep it, if you refuse to let the Holy Spirit pluck these things out, it's going to grow into a tree and he's having no part of it because he will not share his glory with another. You can't serve two masters. There's going to be one or the other. So when you see these things starting to take root in your heart, deal with it. Bitterness wrath anger clamor and evil speakings be put away let it all be put away from you with all malice be ye kind one to another tender-hearted forgiving one another even as god for christ's sake hath forgiven you when you give place to the devil you grieve the holy spirit why because when you listen to baal you give him place You you give him access, and he plants an Asherah in your temple. Once your temple is defiled, the Holy Spirit leaves, because he will not share his glory with another. So ministers, when God tells you no about yoking up with a ministry, it's because they have an Asherah in their ministry that you do not need to be yoked up with. Trust God and listen. Sometimes you will be given opportunities, and it looks so good, and it looks so right, and it comes with so many promises, and God says no. And you don't know why. Trust him. He knows what's really there. There's an Asherah in there somewhere that the devil is trying to get you yoked up with so he can cause you to stumble. When God says wait in a ministry, it's because either you have an Asherah in your ministry, that he hasn't gotten you to recognize yet. Or you have not yet learned how to recognize and deal with them properly. And if he lets you go now, you won't be protected. You'll fall into it. You'll stumble. You'll fall. You'll you'll be, your reputation will be destroyed. You'll bring reproach on the name of God. He's telling you to wait for a reason. You got to learn something. I got to show you something because this is a huge tactic that all of my children tend to fall into. And I lose them. I don't want you to fall into it too. Wait. Let me show you. Or... You got one in you we need to deal with first. Mm -hmm. And if I let you go now, then the devil's going to cause it to manifest and bring shame on everybody and destroy what I was trying to do. On a side note, this is also why God says no and wait in relationships. For all of the single people, you're going to have that frustrating moment when you really see something that looks good, seems good, according to your knowledge, And what you are hearing and perceiving looks right right now and God either says no or wait if God is saying no it's because there is an Asherah in that person and let me explain something really quick the Bible says I think it was Paul he said that do you not know that your body is the temple of God right the Holy Spirit resides inside he said if you join yourself to a harlot that means one encounter one physical encounter Remember, when you're married, it says the two become one flesh. It's not the ritual of the marriage that does that, it's the consummation of the marriage. So, even if it's a one time encounter with somebody, you are still becoming one flesh. That means one temple. Every demon and Asherah in that person's temple is now in your temple. You are one temple. Your temple is defiled. The Holy Spirit has no part, He's done. I'm out. I'm not sharing my glory with another. If God says no, it's because there is an Asherah in that person and he's saying, I don't want it in you. Do not join your temple with this temple. It is defiled and unclean. Mm -hmm. If he says wait, it may be that that is the right person, but he has not yet fully gotten them clean. Or they are clean and you're not and you'll defile them either way one way or the other if god is saying wait it's because there's an unfinished work that he's still doing he's got to get that asherah out because if you get in the relationship too soon there is an unholy spirit and operation in one of the people that is going to manifest and hurt the relationship and destroy it before it ever gets started wait on god he's telling you for a reason understand what's going on in the spirit I've gone through so many waiting seasons that I didn't know any of this. I just learned this. God just totally gave me all this If I wish I'd have known this the last, like, 10 years. So much would have made so much more sense. And I wouldn't have been freaking out the whole time. Okay, yeah, now, now I know why 10 years later. Like Lakin said, he'll, he'll always answer you, just not always right away. <laughs> but it is for a learning for everybody. He's doing it for a reason. All right. So at, I believe at true salvation, a true salvation. Now, I believe that somebody can come to the knowledge of the truth and not truly be saved because they haven't really released the faith yet to truly enact that and receive the Holy Spirit. But at a true salvation, I believe the Holy Spirit does come and rids that tree. I think that's why at most genuine salvations, you have this huge turnaround. They're glowing. Everything is very excited for God but they're not being told how to maintain this and stand in the authority that they now have they're not being told the full story what's going on in the spirit so it's easy for the devil to come back and start planting the groves all over again and then what happens they're like oh my gosh i'm right back where i was and then their faith is broken because they saw what seemed like something that didn't work but it only didn't work because they were being lied to and their faith was being destroyed their faith is broken so now they think nothing works and now they can't have victory because they don't have the faith. They have now a knowledge of good and evil and it breaks their faith in the power. So they have to be told the Holy Spirit can do this. You can have that same power that you had at salvation. You just gotta get that tree rooted out again. You gotta believe that he can. You gotta repent, submit, walk in the full obedience to what he's telling you. Do it his way, believe his word, believe that it can happen and he does. And really what a lot of times daddy was saying how they used to do altar calls for sanctification. What I really think was happening there is that some people who were saved that had lost their salvation because they gave place to the devil and these trees had grown back up and the devil got in their ear and said, you see, you see, you can't, you have no victory. Though people had told them, you know, salvation really doesn't take away the sin nature. You're going to still sin and do all this. Nobody ever told them sanctification won't do it. So they came up with full faith and belief. Oh, sanctification, this thing's uprooted. But it's really the same thing that's happening at salvation. It's the Holy Spirit pulling that out. Because the same blood that saves you is the same blood that sanctifies you. It's all a work of the Holy Spirit. Sanctification and salvation sanctification is actually part of salvation but you begin to lose that sanctification when the temple is no longer sanctified because it is now defiled by the asherah it's got to be pulled out sanctification all over again but it's really just a rededication at its root all right now i'm going to answer a question why is it easy to be used by the devil and hard to be used by the holy spirit I think this is something that every Christian asks. It seems so easy to do wrong and so hard to do right. And I think the simple answer is because Baal inhabits and takes control, but the Holy Spirit inhabits and you have to actually cooperate with him. When you let Baal in, he'll do whatever he wants and he'll cause you to do whatever you allow him to do. Which you relinquish authority, he just runs rampant. But the Holy Spirit, even when the Holy Spirit is indwelling you still have to listen and cooperate with it so it makes it a little more difficult because he's a gentleman he won't force you now there's times where we say god take control you use me you and he will move in that but still you have to cooperate because you can always shut it off at any time so it's harder you have to learn how to cooperate you have to learn how to listen and be led of the spirit Baal kind of possesses you and takes control the spirit leads you and you have to follow you pick up your cross die to self and follow Jesus. It's a following. You have to learn how to hear and you have to learn how to follow and you have to learn how to let go of the self-will that keeps perverting the the Holy Spirit's plan because the Holy Spirit's trying to lead you to do something, but self-will and rebellion from that bell spirit is in your ear trying to pervert the plan. And when you choose to start following Him, it grieves the Holy Spirit. He steps out. He steps in. You're starting all over again. So it is a process, but the process is actually learning how to not listen to Baal and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit standing in faith and moving forward. So be careful in every situation that you seek the Lord and do what he says to do, not what you think to do, because remember that tree is also a tree of knowledge. So you don't wield the Holy Spirit like a weapon. A lot of these fake people, it's almost like they have a power and they're wielding the power and they're in control of the power. You don't wield the Holy Spirit, you yield to the Holy Spirit. You yield your vessel. It's not like the Holy Spirit is coming into me and then it's a power that I'm using. It's your vessel is being given to the Holy Spirit for the Holy Spirit to use to bring forth his will. So you are like an instrument to the Holy Spirit and at any point if you choose to take control or give it back to Baal the Holy Spirit's done he is grieved he will not share his glory with another it's kind of like um a symphony the Holy Spirit is playing you like notes in a symphony he has this whole symphony written out he's written out every note this is his plan the symphony is the Holy Spirit's plan the second you start injecting your own notes into it it's a mess It's not his anymore, his hands are off, he backs away, he's done. So your will actually brings discord to the symphony, the perfection that is the Holy Spirit's plan. As soon as you put any of your notes in it, it's no longer perfect, it's a mess, it's chaos. It's confusion, which is the definition of Baal. Trust what God says, not what you see, think, or feel emotionally. The devil is a master manipulator and deceiver. Test the spirits. Baal can talk to you externally at any time. The moment you listen, not the moment you hear, but the moment you listen, he plants an Asherah in you. You have the authority to say, get ye behind me. Satan, you don't have to listen, and you can tell him to take a hike. Remember, the Holy Spirit has the greater authority, and if you have that Holy Spirit in you, you are a child of the king, you have the greater authority. You can tell him to leave. Be quick to listen and slow to speak, the scripture says, so that you don't become a Balaam. Spouting off before thinking or testing the spirits or weighing what you heard or felt against God's character or word can cause you To become a prophet of Baal by speaking out what he just spoke to you. He can speak to you. And if you don't check it and you relay it, you just became a Balaam. He used you as his prophet. Test the spirits. And God has mercy with that to a certain degree because he knows when you're learning. But there does come a point where he puts his foot down. This is a couple of other ways you can come into agreements with that spirit. Uh. One way that people tend to let Asherahs into their home, into coming into agreement with these things, is through movies, music, video games, media, anything that is glorifying to Satan. I won't get into it, but I could give you examples where this whole Asherah scenario is literally laid out in the plot of a movie hidden just under the lair. And it's like that in so many movies and so much music. There's so much out there that the enemy has really just infiltrated Remember, Satan was the angel of music. It's in everything. So you have to be careful with these things, allowing these things in or giving him access. You're opening a door that he can enter through. So be cautious with all of these things. And of course, you know, the Bible says if something causes you to stumble, it's better to cut it off. Danny did a, lesson, I made a message about, you know, if the internet is causing you to stumble, it's better to cut your connection than to go to hell with your computer, you know. Cut off whatever it is that is causing him to gain access to your life. Covetousness will cause you to come into agreement with Baal. Jealousy, bitterness, greed, ambition, impatience are some of his greatest tools. Be content in where God leaves you until he moves you. Remember Naboth. Uh, Ahab got covetous. He got jealous. He wanted Naboth's vineyard. He told him no. No sometimes you want something that you see and god tells you no and you say i want it anyway so jezebel steps in and says i'll get it for you then you end up with blood on your hands because you end up hurting one of god's children and maybe didn't even intend to jezebel didn't tell ahab her plan he didn't really know that she was going to kill somebody but she had blood on her hands and he took the land anyway so be careful when god tells you no there's a reason don't try to get it because you will end up being guilty of hurting his children his plan there was a plan from the bot and his vineyard that never got to be realized, and there's gonna be judgment for that, so we have to be cautious to wait on the Lord. The devil will always send people to try to cause you to come into agreement with disobedience to God's word or will. When they do, they're trying to plant another tree, gain access, or corrupt your vineyard. Now, this is gonna be in your personal life, this is gonna be in your ministry. If the devil can't get you to do it, he's going to send somebody in to do it and try to get you to come into agreement with it. This can be a sneaky, sneaky, because a lot of times they're going to come looking with that fake Holy Spirit, looking the part and doing everything they're supposed to, but you got to watch them. They will back their compromise with compliments. This is key. They're going to always back their compromise with compliments. They will mix lies with flattery, promises, finances, gifts. They slander others while boasting about themselves. They make themselves to seem like they serve God with stories that most of the time never really happened. The whole time they're poisoning your vineyard and planting and positioning themselves to steal your inheritance by getting you to come into agreement with sins or compromises, they will say things in a way that there's one thing wrong with what they said, but they backed it up with two or three right things and a bunch of compliments. So you wanna be like, okay, okay. But the devil is slowly getting you to come into agreement with things. And they're gonna usually be slandering others and trying to get you to get bitterness in your heart towards this or that because all of these things are allowing access. They're there to open up doors, open up gates. They're doing these things that are gonna open up the gate and allow that access for that tree to be planted. The whole time they are positioning themselves to steal your inheritance by getting you to come into agreement with some sort of sin or compromise to what God is telling you, which plants trees in your vineyard and gives the enemy access to your land. Once Baal's tree is planted in your land, he has right to the territory and free access. Why do you think that there is a push to force you to come into agreement with things like wrong genders? There's a push to make you come into agreement with somebody else's rebellion. You have to come into agreement with this or you're going to lose your job. You have to come into agreement with this or you're going to go to jail. When you come into agreement with somebody else's rebellion, it becomes your rebellion, and you give him access. This is a ploy of Antichrist. He's going to employ it on a greater and greater scale, learn to recognize it. And it happens within the church, because the devil's going to send the sweetest little old person to come and try to get you to come into agreement with some form of rebellion, or he'll send somebody with a big checkbook, to get you to try to come into agreement with something that you know that God never said. He's gonna send somebody backing up those compromises with compliments to try to get you to come into agreement with their rebellion. Don't do it because you're giving Baal access to the territory. So what do you think Halloween is really all about? When you come into agreement with darkness, you are giving it access. That's basically the same thing with movies, music, games, and all that. If you're coming into agreement with it, you're giving it access. Remember, the Bible says, What fellowship hath Christ with Baal? Halloween, you're coming into agreement with death and witches and ghouls, and you're posting them all over your house, and then you're going to want to question us in a week when you have to call us to go do a deliverance in your house because stuff is going crazy, and you gave it access, you know? So you're going house to house trying to knock on the door so that somebody opens the door and gives the devil demons ghosts and goblins access now a counter to this in the spirit would be like what martin luther did when he went to the devil's door and nailed the truth to it so there is a counter which also happens on happened on october 31st by the way so what cuts down the tree the sword of the truth of god's word out of your mouth this is the only thing that's going to cut down that tree Because the lies of the enemy have caused it to be allowed to keep its root in the hearts. You have to speak the truth because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when we know that only faith can bring the Holy Spirit, brings grace, which is the power of the Holy Spirit that uproots this thing. If faith can only come by hearing, then it's the sword of the word that cuts this tree down. When we bring the simple truth, which is why that sermon that daddy preached was so effective when it started with the simple words, do you believe the Bible lies? Because it took away all of the excuses and lies and says, look, this is the word. You can be set free. Take it or leave it. It cuts the tree down because it breaks the lies and brings the faith that had given you the authority to, to uproot it all along, but we've all become Ahabs and relinquished our authority and allowed it to stay when it didn't have to. Baal, Nimrod, and Samarimis, or an unholy demonic perversion of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Asherah, the unholy spirit, is a counterfeit of the Holy Spirit, which does come with demonic anointings, signs, and lying wonders. It can counterfeit everything but purity. That's why we judge the tree by its fruits. Go to 1 Samuel 7, verse 3. We've only got one more passage after this. We're we're there. 1 Samuel 7, verse 3 says, And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your heart, then put away the strange gods and Ashtoreth from among you. If you really want to return to God, just put it away and prepare your heart unto the Lord and serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the land of the Philistines, which is the enemy. Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth and served the Lord only. So you can remove Ashtaroth; You can serve God only. Because it's always been by faith in what God says. If you believe it and just do it, it's there. It's actually not an option. You have to serve God only. Because you can't serve two masters. It is required. When you give place to one, you grieve the other. There were two trees in the garden. You have to choose which one you plant in your heart. You can't have both we're gonna close with Ephesians 3 verse 14 Ephesians three fourteen says for this cause I bow my knees unto the father of our Lord Jesus Christ of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named all those who have the Spirit of God the family the Christian the true Christian that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, inside, the Holy Spirit strengthening you from the inside, that Christ may dwell in your hearts, how? By faith, if you just believe that he can, he will. That ye being rooted and grounded in love the root of the tree of life the good tree that uproots the bad tree may be able to comprehend with all Saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth understanding that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think is anything too hard for god can he not do it it says that even more than you could even ask or even think to ask he is able to do it do you believe it do you really believe it according to the power that worketh in us and that same power is within you unto him be the glory in the church by christ jesus throughout all ages all ages all ages that power is there throughout all ages world without end amen so the truth of the matter is if you believe that jesus is the son of god that he came and shed his blood to cleanse you and sanctify you and set you free and here's the kicker by faith that you believe that God is God and that everything he said is true and that nothing is too hard for God and that he is able by the power of his Holy Spirit indwelling you to keep you from sin, to give you the power to resist, to say, get ye behind me, Satan. When that temptation comes, when that devil gets in your ear, you don't have to take that seed and plant it in your heart. You don't have to erect that Asherah in your life. You can say, know and take authority because in truth the only way he can is if you relinquish the authority that you've already been given to stop it and that's what the lie that has been fed to the church for so many years has done it has killed the faith that brings the grace or the power of the holy spirit that uproots this thing take the authority back Take the kingdom that says that the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force because he's given you the authority to force that thing out. Take it, take it, take it by right. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music and more, Be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.